The House is racing to finish appropriations work before it leaves town for the July 4th holiday. It has finished about 10 out of 12 appropriations bills so far. The latest bill is probably one many federal employees might care about the most. It's the Financial Services and General Government Bill, and it includes your pay raise for 2020. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to talk about what the provisions that made it through are and how to break down the ever-evolving saga at, you guessed it, the Office of Personnel Management. All right, let's start with the first thing first, Nicole. The pay raise made it out alive? It sure did. A 3.1% pay raise is in that bill. And specifically to break it down, it includes 2.6% across the board plus an additional 0.5% for locality pay to total 3.1%. Now, this is great and all, but we have absolutely no idea what the Senate will do. They haven't brought up a single appropriations bill at this point. So we really have no clue what they're thinking. The options, of course, are adopting this 3.1% raise, coming up with their own number, or just simply going along with the president's proposed pay freeze for 2020. So for now, we have to wait. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the history of these things is the raises generally end up going through in in recent times around. You know, it's kind of tough to say because Congress hasn't really handled pay raises in appropriations bills in several years. I mean, they did it this past year and it was a retroactive raise. Sure. But previously, the president had said it and Congress was silent. So Congress has to move things around if they want to reject the president's proposed freeze. So it's, it's honestly kind of tough to say. Okay. And let's talk about the Office of Personnel Management. We've had several stories on that, that reorganization. Where do things stand now with respect to the housework? Right. This is the story that won't end, it seems, at this point. But the appropriations bill included language that prevents the administration from merging OPM with GSA in any way. They can't even engage in any of the agreements that the administration wants these two agencies to pursue. It doesn't include the $50 million that GSA requested initially to carry out the transfer. And instead, it includes $43 million more for OPM. And that's a rare budget bump for that agency. And then there's the third thing. And these three things were by design, according to Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly. He had introduced an amendment that prevented OPM from furloughing or laying off employees. And of course, it was revealed last week that OPM might have to do this because of their financial situation. They face a $70 million shortfall when the security clearance business and National Background Investigations Bureau moves to the Pentagon, all supposed to happen by October 1st. But that amendment went through. There are no furloughs. And OPM has said, and I should say specifically that acting OPM Director Margaret Weikert has said that this House proposal would be a problem for them because even though they've thought of other things like a hiring freeze, leaving vacant positions unfilled, DOD, of course, is buying back the NBIV legacy case management system to the tune of about $42 million. Even with that, she says that OPM will face a several million dollar funding gap and that they'll have a problem. But these three things, the no furloughs, the no appropriations dollars for the merge and just blocking the merger altogether, 
I mean, it's kind of hard to see how the administration would move forward with this. And interestingly, Ms. Weikert is also the deputy director for management at the Office of Management and Budget. So she's kind of looking at herself in a mirror in some strange way. She is. And the other thing we haven't heard a lot about, and I think you have some information on this, is how the OPM employees themselves are reacting to all of this. Yeah, they have been rather quiet, and I think they are a particularly quiet workforce, typically, when it comes to things that may or may not be going on at that agency But members of the American Federation of Government Employees, they rallied against the merger the other day. And it's AFGE Local 32 that represents OPM bargaining unit employees. House Democrats showed up to support them. You know, Jerry Connolly was there, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, Virginia Congressman Don Beyer, and then D.C. Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton. And, you know, they all reiterated some of the same things we've been hearing recently. There's just simply not enough information about how this merger would work and why. Holmes Norton says the administration is racing to get the merger implemented before Congress can pass anything to stop them. Of course, she said that the other day before the House had done something. And here's Majority Leader Steny Hoyer on this as well. The only conclusion that I can draw is that it is done, again, to denigrate and undermine federal employees and their rights and their benefits uh, under the civil services. And that's all I can think of. One agency builds buildings. The other agency is supposed to build morale, not tear it down. The Office of Personnel Management is what every great corporation or small corporation needs if it's going to be successful. Take care of your people. If you ask any successful business person, any leader anywhere, he will say or she will say, take care of your people. Make sure that they are highly motivated and understand you care about them if you want them to care about you. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer right there using an argument that actually the administration has made itself about why it needs to implement this merger in the first place. Says it needs a stronger office to manage people. Now, the news of all of this, I think the uncertainty, the news of the furloughs, potentially, I think it's having an impact on the OPM workforce itself. Donna Brockington is the sergeant at arms with AFGE Local 32 and an OPM employee for over 10 years. And she says she and her colleagues are stressed and the 35-day government shutdown from earlier in the year isn't helping things. It leaves people trying to figure out, am I one of the 150? So now we have people actually filling out their retirement papers their resignation papers and seeking other jobs and other agencies, calling in all favors to, you know, to go with, if they're trying to stay in continued federal service, to just leave. And we're losing systemic knowledge. We've been losing systemic knowledge that's not documented for years now. And this is not helping. So my colleagues, if you want to know how my colleagues and I feel, we're terrified. It's uncertain. We don't know what the future may bring if the merger holds if the merger goes through one thing we are certain of is we won't exist as it is now that's donna brockington she's with the afge local 32 and she says you know she is appreciative of the fact that margaret weikert has met with the employees that she seems willing to meet with them but she just feels like they're not getting all the answers. Sure. Then we also heard from Marlo Bryant. She's the chief shop steward for AFGE Local 32. And listen what she had to say at the podium during the rally the other day. Let us come to work, do our job, and get paid. Go home. Take care of our families. Stop 
Stop coming to work stressed out. Stop coming to work crying. Stop coming to work because you don't know what else, when is your job going to end. It's stressful. Margaret says a lot, but she doesn't know. Where is the data? Why haven't employees been able to see the data? Why haven't anyone in Congress been able to see the data? How can we just go on the word of one person when she's not sharing any information? She's sitting in a meeting and saying, if anybody has any better ideas, let me know. How the hell can we let you know if you're not giving us any information? Wow, passions are certainly running high in this among the union and bargaining unit employees. I think that's the most passion I've ever heard for OPM in my few years of doing this. But that was Marlo Bryant. She has a leadership role with AFGE. And, you know, what I heard at the rally, I think, was a frustration with the rationale that the administration is using for this merger. Remember, there's been a lot of talk about OPM's challenges with the retirement claims processing, the security clearance backlog that they're just now making progress on. And I think I I sensed a a really great awareness for the OPM mission. A lot of employees said, you know, hey, we're the ones doing this work. We pay your retirement benefits. We help you uh, with your health insurance. And, you know, at one point she said, we do everything we think you think we can't. I guess it's still not decided then, really. It's certainly not decided. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.